You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode where we're going to talk to you about season seven of Once Upon a Time. Yes, we're finally getting to the last episode to discuss the final season as well as the show as a whole. I realize there's been kind of a wait for this one, but uh, I'm hoping that you'll feel like it was worth it. We did record it back in 2018, but this is one of those ones that's been stuck in the backlog. I felt like because it was a show that was over that I needed to prioritize things that were more timely, and so that's why things kind of fell by the wayside, but now we're finally able to get it out to you. Um... I feel like, uh, so <laughs> just a little behind the scenes here. Um, I think everyone knows now that these are recorded in advance. Even my intros in some cases are because Ben is the one doing the editing on those episodes. So if somehow, uh, you know, there's been a miraculous cure to the coronavirus <laughs> in the times from when I record this to when this one goes on the air, then just, you know, discount everything I'm about to say. But, you know, I figure it's probably a good thing for me to just start talking a little bit about what I'm getting up to. Um, I bought a Switch for my kids, a Nintendo Switch. Um, that's a lot of fun. Uh, the kids are having a good time with it, and I've been playing Mario Kart with them along with Beth. And so it's a nice family activity kind of thing. We've also been playing Munchkin a little bit. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It's a card game. It's uh, it's kind of a, it's a game where you're fighting monsters and you're getting different power-ups, but it's all very silly in the way that it's ordered. And it's kind of hard to describe without, you know, somebody actually looking at the cards to see what I'm talking about, but that's a lot of fun. Uh, Beth and I are also watching Quantum Leap, which is a show she's never seen before. We're watching the whole thing from the beginning. Uh, we're also watching Godzilla movies from the beginning uh, to modern times. Our next one's going to be Godzilla versus Biolanti. For anyone who's familiar with that series, we're also watching through all the Mystery Science Theater 3000 DVD sets. I think we're on the 30th set right now, so you know that's something that we're doing sort of past the time. We just started watching uh, Star Trek Picard. Uh, we're enjoying that show. Um, right off the bat, I really liked it. Beth really liked it, and so we're really intrigued, but we've only seen the first two episodes so far. Uh, we watched The Mandalorian, enjoyed that. We'll be doing an episode on that soon. Um, I'm reading a Star Trek book. I got it in my head to just start reading Star Trek books, so I've been trying to find the really, really early ones from the 70s and read through those. So I'm reading Planet of Judgment, uh, so that's a lot of fun. And so, yeah, these are just the things that I try to do um, whenever I have a free moment, which isn't much uh, because of the lockdown, about taking care of the kids and 
uh, you know, doing my job and all that kind of stuff. So even though I don't have to go to work anymore, so I'm saved a little bit of time going to and from work. My work wasn't very far from my house in the first place. So saving me on the driving is really probably only saving me about 45 to 50 minutes each weekday in time. And I easily lose that with having to take care of things at home. So yeah, it's, uh, it's not the ideal situation there, but, um, other than that, um, just waiting to see what happens with Chicago TARDIS. That was the only con I had definitely committed to going to this year. Um, and yeah, pretty much that's all that's going on. I do have a few interviews lined up. Um, I've actually recorded one already at the time that I've recorded this. Um, I've got a few more on the way, so uh, definitely look forward to some interview segments trying to up my game as far as the people that I interview as in people who are more readily recognizable as stars. Although I still do want to continue interviewing, you know, writers, producers, you know, people who are involved in animation and voice work and all that kind of stuff, because I know that they don't get as much time as, you know, say like a television star or whatever, but still seeing if maybe during this coronavirus and the lockdown and actors are getting bored just like everyone else, if they would come on my show. And uh, so we'll see what happens, you know. But uh, certainly if you want to promote the level of the show by promoting the show to others, feel free to do that. <laughs> I'll have some ways that you can do that beyond just telling your friends at the end of the show. And so with that, that is my segue. We are going to go right now to the podcast in progress. We have another great podcast for you this week, which we're going to record for the second time. Because, <laughs> yes, I had a little trouble with recording. So um, if we feel a little bit jaded or like we might have done this all before, that's because uh, we just have. So um, without further ado... Here is the cast for uh, this week. Um, starting off, um, something something, Island of Themyscira, um, statue brought to life, Angie. <laughs> How are you, Angie? I think I liked it better the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we all know you're secretly I'm wonderful. Great. I'm doing great. Uh, I, I got Hulu. It's still the worst. But I really like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. <laughs> it's good Cliff's notes. Good Cliff's notes. <laughs> Any, anything else fun going? Like any trips you might have come back from recently? Yes. I just came back from Las Vegas um, where my husband was in the World Series of Poker our main event. Hmm. Um, and he did really well. Uh, not enough that I could quit my job. But we had a really good time. <laughs> hey, that's an interesting... It melted. Oh, it melted. It was so freaking hot. <laughs> That's an interesting philosophical question. How much would you need to have before you quit your job? Because I think that even if I got like, you know, like a million dollars, well, okay, yeah, with a million dollars, I could quit my job conceivably and live for the rest of my life. But would you with a million dollars? No, I mean, I actually really like my job, but mm -hmm. just the ability to, to know that I could walk in and at any time be like, I'm out, bitches, right. I don't need this. <laughs> that, that's what I want. Gotcha. All right. Well, it's good to have you back on, Angie. It's good to be back. All right. And next up, uh, <laughs> hail, hailing from a rogue planetoid on the outskirts of the solar system beyond Pluto <laughs> is my nemesis. 
Ryan Guthrie. How are you doing, Ryan? Uh, $8.5 million. I, I did the math on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I would that. need to comfortably live off the interest and do, do better than I am now to the point where I would feel like I wouldn't have to work to do even better still. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not too ostentatious. I don't need six houses. Maybe just four, you know? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're 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 so down to earth, right? I, I, I try. I, I like to remind myself that I'm, you know, one of the little people. Like just like everyone out there, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, that's... you know. <laughs> My dad tries to tell me sometimes that he's poor, and I'm like, "You own two houses, okay?" <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I yeah. You know, you cannot describe yourself as like not having money because I just like in property value and land alone, you're doing better than most people. So you know, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, it seems like I mean, I don't know. I'm sure my anecdotal experience has always been that. The more money you have, especially if uh, you got it through maybe you know hard work, mm-hmm. the the tighter you are with it. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think that's true because I mean, even growing up, like we were never without money. You would just think that we were yeah. <laughs> because of how we lived our lives. <laughs> but there's a logic beyond the, behind yeah. that too, because you know, I mean, when you face hard times, you've got you know stuff stored up, so you know. But yeah, yeah my parents live as if they come from the Great Depression, even though they're <laughs> boomers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, anyway, <laughs> like but, it was a yeah. luxury to have dessert, you know, in my house. Like you know, you didn't eat dessert. You know, this is this is probably why I'm a little heavy now because uh, it was like as soon as I had my own money, it's like I can have candy and cake and everything. That's great. Well, you see, I I am in a lot of ways that stereotypical like '80s child where mm. where my parents are divorced at that time where divorce was kind of popular, I guess mm. you would say, or at least you know, nouveau fashion. Mm. And so I they were tried to buy my love. And uh, that was with food or whatever. So, so I had dessert a lot, you know? mm, okay. <laughs> like, like too much. But that's because my dad was a Marine. He had to make weight a lot. So mm. we, we, we didn't get pie. at my home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, my dad was an ex Marine, but you know, he was also, I don't know, he came back from the NAM with, you know, uh, issues. So mm. I don't know, the, 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 eating dessert wasn't a problem for him mm. or me. You know? <laughs> I mean, I guess if your career depended on you not eating pie, you just probably wouldn't buy it. <laughs> Which is why I think that every career should be like pie dependent on something. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Wow, okay, well, the conversation, at least, is going way different than last time. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm getting ready for Dragon Con. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You yeah. just had to hurt me back. again, deep, deep down <laughs> in my soul. Hey, you brought this on yourself, mister, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be on, uh, I think, six panels at Dragon Con, covering a lot of the stuff that I cover here on the 42 cast. Well, that's nice and redundant. Uh, <laughs> 
But don't worry, if you made if you made any salient points, I'll be sure to steal them and make them my own. On the, on the, on the, that I don't doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but you are getting business cards. As I told you in the previous version, <laughs> customized with your name and the title as Nemesis. Uh, spelled correctly, no right. crappy wise. <laughs> I asked my wife if I should call you Nemesis in chief, but she said no, just Nemesis. So yeah. just Nemesis. Well, I mean, I would need like like minion nemesis. Nem- I think that's the plural. Yeah, we're good. Nemesis. We'll say that. Nemesis, yeah, yeah. Like, hypotheses, yeah. That yeah, yeah. Come on, have you not seen Mystery Men? That was clearly stated in that movie. Oh, uh, <laughs> not in a while. I mean, oh, now I kind of want to go rewatch Mystery. That one probably holds up. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about it on a friend's podcast a couple of years uh, back, so I had to rewatch it. But there, uh, and, and I will throw. I shovel. I shovel really well. <laughs> Every any chance I get into a conversation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you shovel, you dig a deep hole every conversation that you have. So you shovel really well. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back on, Ryan. It's good to be back. All right. So next up is our five minute controversy. So um, five minute controversy is uh, like our old five. A question segment, except instead of talking about five different topics, we're only going to talk about one, but it still serves the same purpose of loosening us up uh, before we talk about uh, the topic. Um, but uh, so now I'm just going to like roll the, or uh, or spin the wheel of topics because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do the same one we just did. I mean, God, that's just lost forever now. Um, so. Um, the word coming down the pipeline right now is that James Gunn is being courted by um, several studios, including WB, DC Division, to uh, to you know to work for them now that he's been fired from Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and Marvel. So, just out of curiosity, if you had your dream franchise for James Gunn to direct a movie in, what would that be? Um, so Ryan, why don't we start with you? Hmm, that that is an interesting question. I'd like to point out that this is the third James Gunn five minute controversy I've been a part of. <laughs> oh, have you been on all of them? Oh yeah. man. Well, see, that's why <laughs> that's originally I went with something different, and uh, because of how things turned out, we're going to the James Gunn one. Well, you know, I, I like to consider a trilogy of uh, James Gunn <laughs> controversies. Trilogy, the appropriate way to frame a series of movies, let's say, if we were to talk about that. Um, like, oh, wait, are you going to be on the one? Oh, yeah, you're going to be on the Ant Man one. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the other thing anyway. So, uh, okay. Um, okay. You can so, express your thoughts. So, though. right, James Gunn, any, any franchise. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like when you do, like, like these sort of hypothetical five minute controversies, we need some lead time to consider it. Cause I'll sure. probably no, come up with something fair. really awesome. Mojoverse. 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 I already well, know. Mojoverse. Fine. Did you just um, say Mojoverse, Angie? Yes, I did. I did. Okay. So if Fox wasn't getting bought by Disney, that could work. Well, you mean like Marvel's Mojoverse, like with long shot and everything. They didn't put any other stipulations on it. Right, I didn't. I didn't. So that's that. That yeah. And, oh. and conceivably, 
there could still be something that lobs a wrench in the merger. It's just very unlikely at this point. Um, so uh, I guess that is a possible. I got it. And this is going to seem really kind of weird at first, but I honestly think, um, ooh, no, wait, maybe that. Ah, no, 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 someone's already doing that. No, all right, I got it. Uh, this is going to sound weird, but I'm going to say Wheel of Time. Uh, that is very, very weird. I think, yeah, but I think it's weird, but I think, I don't know, I think it might click because mm. he can do pathos. James Gunn can do um, emotion. Yeah, there's it's a lot of comedy, but you've got that with Matt. And so, I, I don't know, I think it could work. Do we really see Matt as a comedic figure? Matt was definitely a comedian. Um, Matt with the dagger of pure evil? Yes! (laughs) Okay. He was hilarious. His his internal dialogue was the best. (laughs) You know, now to be fair, I'm only on like book six, but like, I don't really consider, like, well, the first, like, yeah, maybe in the first book, like the first half, but like, once he gets like the dagger, I don't find anything really all that funny from Matt after that. Keep on, and by the, I mean, Okay, book six, we don't even get into... We don't get Matt's POV until book three. So you've really only (laughs) been... And honestly, like, for the first couple of books from his pov it was the worst it was always you know rand or parent were the best ones mm. but um, oh that, that that was all of them though all three of them were always thinking the other two were better than they were it was really annoying <laughs> no no i meant pov wise mm. like you know in the very beginning it's all rand and then it's parent and then finally it's matt in book three and you don't care at that point you're like oh get back to rand or parent but by the end of the series you're gonna be like when's matt showing up when's matt showing up he it's yeah i, I think you're at least my experience has been that uh he kind of steals it towards the end of the series. Mm. Okay. And a lot right. of it is because of comedy. It's it's unintentional. I mean, he's kind of the butt of the joke a lot of the times, but it's, it's still between that, between Gunn's ability to do ensemble casts, uh, between like the pathos that he can do. Yeah, I, I think he might be. Uh, I think it'd be a really interesting take. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he can do epic too. Okay. Um, and so, Angie, you were saying Mojoverse? Yeah. Any particular reason? Uh, I, I just want a Mojoverse movie. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, now I'm wondering if, if tonally Longshot's a little too similar to Chris Pratt's Star-Lord. But... Only if Chris Pratt directed. plays him. That's true. <laughs> I just really want a Mojoverse movie. Give Which Chris Mojo? Pratt the mullet. I want a spiral movie and a long shot movie. Ooh, spiral. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. So so I really want to know, and maybe it's I just haven't read the right comics or seen the right animated adaptations, but frankly, every time I've seen Mojo in the Mojoverse, I've found it, like, painful to watch. So is there a particular, like, comic run I should read or something? Because I find Mojo annoying rather than funny. Um, my, my longing is based solely in the 90s cartoon. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, I, oh, I, I hated mean, that episode with, uh, well, <laughs> there were two, technically. There was one very, very late also, but that original one that they did with Mojo, putting them on the TV. Although, well, no, it had its funny moments, I guess, but it, that's true, though. That was better than anything I've ever read with him in the comics. Um, well, it depends, like, which Mojo, like, Mojo 1 was better than Mojo 6 or whichever one Shatterstar uh, right. was dealing with. Well, but, well there's, um, yeah, there's Mojo, the first one, there's Mojo 2, and then, yeah, there's Mojo 6. 
Yeah. But I would say, like, okay, granted, I haven't, I haven't read X Men comics religiously since the '90s again because you know I moved out and money is that or <laughs> electricity. Um, yeah. But like, like, and, and maybe this would be the way you could have James Gunn do, although it'd be crazy. The X Babies. Uh, run. Oh God, not the X Babies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cyclops. <laughs> I feel like my suggestion is taking a turn for the worse. <laughs> oh God, the X Babies. I'd forgotten about the X Babies. <sighs> you know, if it wasn't already done, I think James Gunn would have also been great at the whole monster Godzilla Kong reboot. Mm, okay. They certainly couldn't have done far worse with Godzilla than that movie that actually got made. Oh. <laughs> Kong yeah. Skull Island was great, but the Kong Godz- Skull Island was the best, and that yeah. that actually had a lot of James Gunn feel to it. Mm. But uh, but yeah, the Godzilla movie. Oh my god, how tedious can you make it? <laughs> but anyway, um, so I'm. <laughs> Because I haven't had any time to think about this, because I didn't think about it ahead of time, because we were going to talk about another one. Um, I'm going to throw this at the wall. I think that he should take over the Transformers franchise. Ooh. I, well, first of all, I don't think you can mismanage it more than uh, Michael Bay. But um, second of all, um, I think that he has, you know, uh, a genuine enough appreciation for that kind of pop culture. And I think that he could probably do something that was big enough and, and, and epic enough while, you know, being a little more true to the characters than I think that Michael Bay has. So, um that's the, yeah. I, I think I think Transformers would be a good fit for him. Um, I think that that would be kind of a fun take on it, and not get so. I don't know. The Transformers movies just seem really mired in how many new Transformers can we throw out there that have different racial stereotypes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we haven't know, offended how can we sexualize. We we haven't we haven't offended Scottish people yet. Let's have a Scottish Transformer. <laughs> it, wait, no, didn't they, they had a Transformer? Didn't they have one in a kilt? No, that's what I'm saying, and that's that's his mindset. That's, is oh, we let's throw that one in there, and oh, I oh, we, we like haven't we did. haven't offended Japanese people yet, so let's have the samurai transformer. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the Michael Bay <laughs> mentality. They're throwing darts at a map. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I might be able to think of a better one later, but uh, just off the top of my head, I think Transformers. It, well, it would certainly be in better hands anyway. Um, well, you know that same thought like masters of the universe or like thundercats or something maybe yeah yeah no i mean yeah a lot of those early 80s cartoons i think that he would be good handling the franchises um for those so yeah Alrighty. at the very least we know that they'd have a decent soundtrack (laughs) (laughs) so that's a five minute controversy everybody um not at all what we intended to talk about, but, you know, there you have it. <laughs> Which is fine, because then I was in the same spot that you guys are usually, so. <laughs> That's what it See, here's the thing. Here's why I don't give you guys prep time, is because usually I'm coming up with the five-minute controversy about five minutes before we record. 
So that's why there's no prep time. <laughs> Checking the headlines. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> See if I can do better. All right. But, uh, um, but yeah, before we start talking about our topic, uh, let's pause here for a promo from another fine podcast. Are you one of millions of people worldwide with compulsive geekiness, feeling isolated and alone? Do you wish there were people that understood the thoughts and feelings associated with Geeky Flare Up? There is hope and a treatment program that can help. Ask your podcast service or ESO network provider if the Nerd Bliss Podcast is right for you. Or go to nerdblisspodcast.com today. Side effects may include butthurt, movie quotes, nostalgia, warp speed, becoming for clamped, becoming a brony, appreciation of cats in the movie, pantyhose, asking God what he needs with a starship, donut, muffin, or bagel, bat shoelaces, improved sense of rhythm, aiming to misbehave, nudity, and random arbitrary lists and we're back and uh for this week we're talking about once upon a time season seven which um we're pretty sure now although i guess they could tell us something different at any point now that this is actually the last season (laughs) Because, you know, uh, last season, um, you know, was supposed to be the final battle, but then we got another one. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's the last season of the show. <laughs> and um, so uh, they tried to go with a little bit of a soft reboot this time. Um, the only two uh, real carryovers that we had were um, Regina and uh, Rumpelstiltskin, because even though the uh, actor uh, for Hook returned he was playing a different uh universe's version of hook so the character wasn't the same character and um we had the character of henry continuing but played by a different actor so there was a little bit of you know change uh even with some of the stuff that did carry forward so um so yeah just to start off here um broad strokes did you guys think that the reboot worked um ryan uh, or uh, and, pff, Angie, let's start with you. <clears throat> um, I think it had its moments. I ha- I think they used the opportunity to kind of finish up some dangling thoughts or character moments um, that I liked. But overall, I didn't think it worked. Um, I it if they were going to make a break from the original cast, they needed to do that thing. But I think it ended up where they just ended up with one foot depending so much on their old reliable cast that that can um, really elevate the acting and then trying to introduce all these new characters who just didn't have the chops to make us care. And I think they failed to either make a clean break or make us really feel like it was a good ending to the original story. Uh, It's funny that you bring up trying to tie up some loose ends. Did either of you catch the Lily's parentage issue at the very end of the last episode? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, that, that like, really annoyed me, uh, being thrown in as an offhand thing and making absolutely no sense. But anyway. Well, I, I, you can you can tell about where they realized this was it. And so at that point, they just tried to – they threw everything out. They, they picked up the phone and called everyone to see if they wanted that last chance to be on the screen. Mm, no, no, that that I know. The, yeah. the last two-parter, yeah, they tried to get every actor back that they could. Well, uh, I mean, even before the two-parter, I would say probably, I don't know, five five or six episodes prior to that, uh, you could see the writing was on the wall. No. Uh, so what about you, Ryan? Um, did you feel like the reboot worked? Well, uh, 
Yes and no. And I, I know that, that that's kind of a qualified answer. Uh, with <laughs> the think? exception of Regina, I didn't care for – they didn't bring my any of my favorite characters over, and I wasn't really that invested in the whole – Cinderella didn't really do it for me. Um, I, I, I just Hyperion Heights, the new Henry. I, I still remember him as the cannibal from The Walking Dead. So <laughs> that took a little while to get over. Um, <laughs> but all in all, about the time, uh, although Gabrielle Anwar, that was a plus. Um, See, I disagree because although I love her front and burn notice, yeah. I thought she was awful in Once Upon a Time. And and uh, this is where I'm going. I would say it didn't work until. You know, spoiler. Uh, she kicked it, and then, and then, right around then, I think it was about the time that uh, it, it hit a groove, and mm-hmm. it was when people. Maybe it was about the time people started realizing more and more. People started realizing breaking the curse and realizing remembering who they were. I don't know. It felt like they found that perfect balance of of having the spirit of the of the you know first six seasons, but in the new setting. And then I think they just threw all that out the window at the very end. Yeah, um, I think that as a whole, the whole thing didn't. I mean, it didn't. I mean, it didn't. It, it definitely didn't didn't work. And I mean, that's why they canceled it. But, um, but yeah, like you, I feel like right after they came back from the winter break, because the next episode of they came back from the winter break was when they killed when Victoria died when she sacrificed yeah. herself, and I think there was yeah a span of episodes up until the point that Ivy left that yeah. it was really good and then they wrote ivy out and i think that's when they realized we we're getting canceled and we just gotta like rush everything to completion because i do not understand when ivy was the arguably the best of the well no facilier uh ivy and facilier were like the two great characters that they introduced this season and it's like why would you get rid of ivy when there's still so many episodes left. And I think it's just like they knew they had to pay off Gothel in some way. And they probably figured they were going to do like a big reunion thing for the two-parter at the end. And so it was like, well, we just got to, you know, rush out any characters that, you know, are, are that, that won't help us get there. Um, so I'm curious what their original plan was. And I wish I could have seen, um, you know, what that was. Uh, because I, I'd be very curious. I'm, I'm sure Facilier wouldn't have bought it. Oh, I'm sure he would have been a much bigger threat because that also annoyed me because after building Facilier up for, you know, how many episodes and then it's just like, oh, just killed offhand. I mean, it was great seeing Wish Rumple. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it was it, it, I, I didn't want Facilier to die like that. I wanted him to have a much bigger role in the in the end game. Um, so, yeah. <sighs> and unfortunately, Wish Rumple showed up a season too late. Um I really wanted him to cross over into our world uh, in the season where Regina and the Evil Queen were split. Um, and I thought that would have been interesting playing those two off each other. But, yeah. Anyway. So, <laughs> so, um, so it's interesting, Ryan, that you said that you liked that people were waking up from the curse. Um, personally, I thought that that kind of hurt them in the long run because... When you get to the point when just about everybody is awake except for Henry and Jacinda, it just got really tedious at that point. It's like everybody's like, oh, we got to wake them up, but we can't wake them up. And it's, you know, this whole thing of sort of dancing around, you know, the fact that they all know, you know, the truth, but those two don't. Um, But at least it was a 
plausible reason why I actually thought it was pretty clever oh we can't wake Henry up they can't kiss because if they do Henry or die it's not just that whole oh I don't want to make him unhappy or, or right. some nonsense like that, that oh that no I agree with that clever. right yeah, yeah no I agree with that like having the poison be the reason that they didn't want it to happen was good but it, what it meant though is that so many of the characters were just frozen though that they couldn't act even though they knew I would have left them all cursed because to me, part of the fun of Once Upon a Time is having, seeing those characters in sort of ironic situations, but having like Regina wake up so early and Rumpel wake up so early and everybody waking up, it was like, it was no longer fun seeing them in, the, in, the, in those situations anymore. Um, you know, it just felt kind of tedious because, you know, and in fact, like, you know, Regina completely changes once she wakes up from being Ronnie, but like nobody else seems to notice that it's like, <laughs> you're a different character entirely now. <laughs> and I really liked Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, and see, I, even stuff like they revealed later that like Rumple and Nook became friends you know, uh, it kind of ruined the idea of them being forced into being cops, uh, you know, partners together in, in the wish, you know, because you were the curse, because that should have been like the ironic ending of the two enemies are forced to be partners. But instead it was like, oh yeah, flashback, like, oh yeah, we became buddies because you took care of, you know, my girl and didn't, you know, make her like have this burden, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, ah. you know, I, I felt like that. that well, that was kind of a central theme about Once Upon a Time throughout the entire series is it took these great villains and then redeemed them. Rumple, Hook, Regina, even Ivy, they redeemed her at the end, you know, all in one season. Um, even Gothel, uh, in her last last couple episodes, we see her origin story. And, you know, it's all because she's trying to save, bring back, you know, her, the wood and you know, her people and everything. And so – that's where that's where you know Wish Rumple and Evil Regina were so great because they could just be deliciously evil without having to worry about about not liking them anymore. Yeah, I mean, you know, it annoyed me that everyone kept thinking that Henry had to break the curse because if anyone had been paying attention previously, the curse forces people not to believe. And so the fact it was Regina who broke the curse made so much more sense. You know, when she kisses Henry, which again, Regina saves the day. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Regina's kind of the most important character in the whole series. Just saying. Oh, you, oh so she cleans up her own mess. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regina's kind of the hero of the story. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what felt wrong about this season, I think. I think we were out of focus. We kept concentrating on boring old Henry. <laughs> boring old <laughs> cursed Henry, who was not that interesting. <laughs> no. I really felt like one of the big problems with this season is that nobody was having fun until... I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of this was planned beforehand. It seems like in some ways they shoehorned things because that was the plan that they shouldn't have and then tossed other things out the window that maybe they should have kept but man I never thought I would say this but thank god for Zelina like I, I <laughs> until she showed up no one was having any fun whatsoever oh, well what was great about that was that was an example of the perfect like uh, a curse ending was for her to be stuck being this, like, exercise hippie nut. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fly, my monkeys, fly! <laughs> I <Yeah>. love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of that, that's kind of a good point about about not having fun, though. I, it, I wouldn't say that watching the show became a chore, um, but there were definitely times when, like, literally, just trying to keep track of. Oh, she's Tremaine. She's Rapunzel. She's Victoria. I I thought like I needed uh, a chart at well, some point. Well, to... um, don't pay attention too much because there are some really bad time errors in this. Even after you discover that there's time travel, because I suspected yeah. for a while that time travel was involved because none of the tech that anyone was using seemed to. Be... And when Henry started talking about a mixtape, I was like, okay. There's no way we fast forwarded in time here because as it is, a mixtape is pretty weird and unusual now, you know, and if you're, if this is supposed to be like 10 years, 15 years down the road, you know, there, there yeah. are no mixtapes, right? You know, well, so. he could be a hipster. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. But at the same time, he's got a mixtape, but he does a podcast and he's an Uber driver. Yeah. Or Swift. I'm sorry. Swift, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it was like, I started to, and they said very early on when, both Rumple and Regina had their little like talk in the bar like when they were both awake they were like yeah. she says something like you know I want to just you know uh, get down to Storybrooke and bring everybody over here but she's like but you know why we can't do that you know really pointedly and I was like what would be the issue with getting everybody from Storybrooke and I was like unless they've gone back in time and so that would interfere with things and whatever so um, I kind of suspected that but it did feel annoying though that they waited until like the next to last episode to reveal that <laughs> I'm sorry two from last that it was like we, we, we've gone back in time it was like really it just feels kind of like way too late to, to drop that bombshell um, but whatever but again, it was kind of clever. This season did have that, and honestly, the whole Ivy reveal about her being the mastermind. You know, the, oh, the true that villain. was beautiful because Tremaine was so boring. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, no way! I did not see that coming. Yeah, you know, so there were a couple. The time, the, honestly, the time travel one and the Ivy one, those two got me. For some reason, Tremaine being Rapunzel didn't. I was like, that that just didn't impress me. Yeah, maybe I was done with her by then. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I thought we were going to get a Rapunzel that was closer to the Disney film version from Tangled. Um, and so that would be the only reason I would see to bring Rapunzel back. Because they already did a version of Rapunzel, even though she yeah. was also very brief um, in yeah. you know, the earlier seasons. But um, it was like, so you bring her in just so that you can make her more than Cinderella's stepmother you're gonna make a rapunzel too just because that's once upon a time you like combining fairy tales that's not really a good reason you know <laughs> so it's uh, uh, they they turned rumpelstiltskin into the beast so they can do but anything. that worked that was beautiful that was season one they had so many good ideas of how to merge things together and make them interesting i liked that one um you know it makes me wonder though if um Jennifer Morrison had agreed to come back this season. I'm pretty sure Tilly would have been her daughter with Hook. But then how would Gothel have been introduced into the storyline? You know, and how would that have all worked out? Because And then what would Emma's curse identity have been? Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious what their ideas were along those, you know, for that. Because, yeah. Um, I'm sure they had ideas. I mean, literally, if they well, if they'd gone for well, well, I'm sure we'll discuss you know what they could have done if they kept going later. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so um, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of our new new characters. We have Nook. Um. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> and you know, Nook kept. You know, they kept with Nook, but they didn't keep with Nobbin. And I really wish they'd kept with Nobbin. <laughs> <laughs> That was so fun, <laughs> but, but I do love how everybody starts calling him Nook. Yeah, <laughs> New Hook. <laughs> but uh, but here, here's here's the thing, and I think Angie and I have talked about this, and maybe I should just open up the floor to you, Angie. If they were going to bring in an alternate version of Hook, don't you think that they uh, should have done it a little bit differently? Yes. Like, <laughs> when Hook was introduced, he was super fun. He was having all sorts of fun. He was sassy and sexy and wonderful. And then he got really mopey. So they had an opportunity to bring in another hook who has no baggage. And they decided to pet, like saddle him with other baggage and make him just as mopey as the first one. And I, well, I just, why? Why would you do that thing? Because he stopped wearing guy liner. <laughs> well, I, I really think, though, the reason is that they had already written this character as if he was the original hook and that you know it was going to be him and emma both in the curse and with their child and i think once jennifer morrison decided to not come and they didn't want it to to break up you know emma and hook they came up with this idea of an alternate hook you know but then they were like well crap we've yeah, already written this whole Roger idea of him as this father i'm sorry what said but even rogers was a moping moper like they, yeah <laughs> The guy's a good actor. I enjoy watching him. He didn't do a bad job. It's not that, but I just... You had a chance to inject some amusement and fun and, like, like sparkle into this season, which I don't even think would have been that difficult to do, and they just didn't do well, it. I don't know how he was with Robert Carlyle, and the two of them did not, like, as the cops that are, you know, working together, that they didn't find some way to make that fun. Weaver also had nothing to do. We can right. get to that. But. Yeah. No, it was just, yeah. I mean, it just, it, like, the two of them working together should have been, like, oh, my. Like, I laughed at the concept of it in the beginning, but then it was like, oh, God, they're just super boring together. <laughs> <laughs> and, in fact, then they start splitting them up just because they realize that they're super boring together. And so we never really saw them doing stuff together after that, um, you know, after the first few episodes. Um but yeah, you know, my favorite thing about Rogers is that, you know, he takes Tilly in, which to everyone else, you know, we know she's his daughter, but to yes. everyone else, he's just taken this orphan in off the streets, <laughs> this young girl, and nobody's like, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> there, there can't be anything wrong with that or any kind of wrong motivations or anything. <laughs> it's Seattle, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I really liked about Once Upon a Time in the beginning is those sort of weird twists that they did on fairy tales and just, extra, you know, both the ironic endings, but also like extrapolations of where characters could have gone afterwards and stuff like that. And that's why I really loved what they did with Jack in this season, with making him the yes. serial killer. And they needed more of that. You know, they needed more, like, twists on, you know, established characters that, you know, and how they would be in our world, you know, and how that would change them and, and you know, how they would have developed and stuff like that. But we didn't really get a lot. I mean, we either had, you know, characters that we knew 
or characters that were similar to characters that we knew, or we had really boring new characters. <laughs> it was like there wasn't a whole lot of that. Um, you know, but uh, I mean, do you agree, Angie, that that was really cool, though, the, the Jack is the serial killer thing? Um, it was definitely interesting. I, I will give it that. I don't know. I think by then I was a little irritated about the Tremaine to Rapunzel to what? <laughs> you were still I, stuck I, on I that. I was sick of everyone having triple identities at that point. Um, so I, I don't know that I appreciated it as much as I would have if it had been more of a season-long arc. But mm. it was definitely new, so kudos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, we had Nook. Um, we... Uh, we have Tilly, of course, as uh, his daughter, who's also Alice in Wonderland. Um, and that's really demented, though, if you think about it. If this had been Emma and the original Hook, and this was their daughter, that the whole idea of like this show just basically forcing her to go like a little bit crazy because she's isolated from people for like ten years, you know, uh, that would have been a really dark turn for their story. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but then when you think about it, these fairy tales, were really the original versions were really quite dark. So no. that's kind of fitting. Yeah, no, um, you know, it made sense once they revealed Gothel's nature and everything. But I thought it was a little contrived when they showed like how she got out and meeting Robin and all that. It's like, oh, you just have power to like make like a, a VW appear and summon up like a giant troll to help you and stuff like that. But. At least once we got Gothel's story, it kind of made a little bit of so. Of course, she she passed on powers to her child, um, kind of thing. But uh, um, she was funny. Um, I'm not sure she was really very funny. <laughs> Tilly or Gothel? Wait, Tilly. Tilly. I'm sorry, Tilly. Oh, okay. I'm still talking about Tilly. <laughs> um, I, I didn't really have a lot of strong feelings. She she was in it a lot. Um, she grew on me. I mean, at first, I kind of thought she was annoying i guess but uh she she grew on me i mean to go back to jack for a second i I felt like he was the only i I hated almost across the board with a few exceptions the casting for all the new characters none of them really clicked with me except for jack uh and ivy uh but no jack for some reason he had presence he had charisma and um tilly didn't until I don't know. Maybe it was when Robin showed up and they started playing off of each other. And that's when I, she seemed like she was, she just suddenly, it was more than she was just more than just a lost, uh, you know, a lost child. Mm. I can see that. I mean, they certainly had some nice manner. Um, I think she worked better with Rumpel than she worked with Hook, but then we got her oh, and yeah. Hook. We got her and Rogers together for so long. And Rogers was just, I mean, <sighs> What's his name? Colin Donahue or Donahue, something like that. Um, he he, you know, I mean, like he like ratcheted himself down like fifty notches to play Rogers. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's like how can I play this as boring as possible? <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, it's just like you know, like sort of like the longing looks of you know, I know I should you know care about. Tilly and I don't know why stuff, but that's all he was for her. Like there was not like a lot that was interesting there. And it was sweet when he got her the job. 
you know, and he took her to work, like, you know, the proud father, you know, not knowing he was her father, but like the proud father first day at work thing. And I was just like, oh, that's sweet. But that's like, you know, the extent of it. Um, I mean, they did they did give him an interesting turn for a couple of episodes where he thought he'd rescued Gothel. And yes. he had this sort of uh, protective nature about her and just refused to believe that there was anything evil about her. Right, I love Regina showing up at the police station just knocking the pie (laughs) in the trash. (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) Um, No, no, I'll agree with that. I'm just saying that he and Tilly didn't really play off each other that well. I thought she played off um, um, Weaver better. Yeah, Um, I agree with that. That felt more like a father-daughter relationship. (laughs) Yeah, constantly checking to see if she's taking her meds and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and so, of course, then we have Nobbin. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, again, I mean, she and, and Tilly were cute, but uh, I don't know. I don't know that I felt a whole lot about Robin either. Um, you know, I got the whole thing of her wanting to live up to her father's legacy, but... I don't know. I didn't really feel like a whole lot about, you know, she's really great or, or anything like that. So, well, uh, I, I think again, that, that that's just the nature of once upon a time, you've got the, the, the two, two or three focal, the charmings originally, you know, right. so you'd have, I guess, Nook or his <laughs> circle there. And Nobbin would have been just one of the ancillary characters. Just it, she was basically kind of like the new, um, grumpy, Right. Yeah. Sure, just go with it. (laughs) Fine. She was the new uh, uh, grandma, or you know. (laughs) Oh, you don't know when Granny showed up. How I cheered, you know, in the flashback. I was just like, Granny, because it was so great seeing a character I actually cared about. The character you cared about and didn't realize how much you cared about them. Right. So was, yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. And then she's being like the mechanic to Henry's car, and I'm like, that's awesome. You know, she's like fixing the car, and I'm like, yeah. And you know, Randy's that awesome. Speaks, that speaks to the whole season. But even when Ariel showed up, and I freaking hated Ariel, but I was still like, oh, you know, <laughs> here's a moment. Mm, I didn't really care about Ariel. They were friends. Yeah. So- that Nook and, and Ariel were friends instead of yeah. well, it, whatever. Convenient, you know? right? <laughs> I need some squid ink. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see who else do we have here. Um, I, I want to skip Facilier because he's like good, so I want to save him for last. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Victoria. So we kind of mentioned Victoria. Um, you know, so I'm mostly familiar with Gabrielle Anwar from Burn Notice. Um, I'm starting to realize now that a lot of why I love her is because of that particular character, Fiona. And I, I and it might not have anything to do with any kind of natural acting talent she has because oh my <laughs> god, Victoria. Oh, so boring. <laughs> I mean, it. she is the most stereotypical 2D villain uh, that they could have written. I, I had, you know, and the weird thing is they hinted at some, like, relationship between her and Nook, some past that they had together, and then they completely, like, they never explained that at all. Huh. I mean, why bother? 
<laughs> See, here's the thing. I think I don't think they planned on killing her off in the mid season until they, you know, saw their fan reaction and they were like, We gotta change things here because it seems like they were setting more up with her and then they just realized she is just super boring. <laughs> and uh we gotta they get rid of her. Give her anything to do. Mm. At all. And in fact, if they had played if I don't know I don't know when the actress was told what the character's backstory was. I almost feel like she wasn't until quite late in the process. Because if she had been played as somebody who wasn't actually a villain, who really meant what she told Cinderella, like, you fight for family, I wanted you to fight for your daughter, and the fact that you didn't meant you weren't ready to be a mom, or whatever. Mm. If if she'd actually been playing that, I think she would have been much more interesting. But I think maybe the actress didn't know, or I don't know what happened. But it's like they didn't give her anything to do except for kind of be a bitch to her daughters. Yeah. Uh, for me, she lacked menace. Uh, yeah. We, we've had an entire series. We've had six years of evil queens, e- wicked witches, you know, uh, the dark one and all the dark ones and the first dark one and and so forth oh and hades you know so then <laughs> we're gonna end it by starting oh she's a businesswoman she's jr ewing you know i i it just didn't do it for me uh well and that's why uh, the reveal that scary that's why the reveal that she was as duped as everyone else worked because it's like oh she's not the real villain you know, she's a victim of, you know, the curse that, that Ivy, you know, had cast. Um, you know, I mean, she didn't actually cast it, but she was the one that had it happen. And it was and it was Ivy's plan with Gothel. That was like, OK, you know, this this is a little bit of an interesting turn here. I. So that leaves her just being a terrible mother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> terrible wife, mother, you yeah. name it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so then we have Ivy, who I actually really liked. It was one of the most charismatic characters on this season. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's hard to, to, to say. I really thought that she was going to have a relationship with Henry. Oh, uh-huh. I've done that. They teased Yes, and yeah, because yeah, especially with the whole idea of Henry not knowing who he was and her kind of knowing, like, at first I thought it was just toying with him just to, to get one in on Cinderella, but then even with when the mother died and her genuinely being upset and her just kind of like if she had manipulated him into a relationship just because she wanted it, you know, she wanted to feel loved or whatever, that would have been interesting too. But then instead it was just, yeah, we'll just kind of flirt a couple of times and then I'll get my sister back and we'll leave. <laughs> it's like, why introduce her? Why do any of the stuff you did with her if you're just going to have her leave like midway through the season? That was frustrating. I just think it would have been really interesting Maybe even if Ivy wasn't awake, if she'd end up getting double-crossed or something and wasn't awake either. I just... Mm-hmm. They... She had more chemistry with Henry's actor. Um, they kind of were cute together. I think it would have been awesome if they'd yeah. gotten together and then the curse broke and they have to deal with the fallout of who <laughs> they have been sleeping with. It, it's kind of like the whole... Uh, they never really played it up enough except for like that one episode, that one reference. But Snow... When when Snow dated Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, yeah. uh, for, for a little while, you know, it could have been something like that. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. And that's what I was expecting. I was expecting them to go there with it. And, you know, even with the whole idea, though, of her mother sacrificed herself for her. And, yeah, she did get the sister back, which is what her mother wanted. But I felt like it was a disservice to her story to have her leave before Gothel was defeated anyway. Because that, you know, that should have been part of the arc for her and her redemption would be to, you know, avenge her mother. But that didn't happen. Um, I mean, it was nice for Regina to be the one that defeated Gothel, but... Oh, no, it was Tilly. Never mind. <laughs> she broke the curse. Regina broke the curse, but it was Tilly that actually defeated her, so never mind. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I feel like like Ivy could have defeated Gothel or something. That would have been nice. But uh, Or maybe once Tilly turned her into a tree, like T- Ivy comes with like an axe or something. <laughs> or, She's Paul Bunyan. Or, 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 I mean, or, uh, or Grumpy with his pickaxe or something. I don't right. care. <laughs> no, Ivy comes with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, I, I liked Ivy. I thought she was great. Um, so I was sorry to see her go. Um, oh, then we have Tiana. Sabine. Sabine. Did anyone care about Tiana? I'm going to be honest. I, she's one character that I, I liked Sabine quite a bit and I hated Tiana. Like, let the girl (laughs) use the contraction for the love of God. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. It was like, they tried to force a character who was imagined as like, you know, uh, an early 20th century, like, Louisiana character and force her into, like, a medieval setting. <laughs> that felt really weird to me. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, but yeah, I mean, Sabine, yeah, I mean, ha- the, the, the driving by you or whatever they called it. I mean, that was kind of cute. <laughs> and it was her, her relationship with Jacinda was nice. Um, but even then, I didn't really find that there was a whole lot there. I don't know. And Drew, my God, Drew Naveen. Oh, God. <laughs> First of all, why did she like this guy? Because he was such a jerk in the, their original identities. And then he was such a jerk in the curse identity. <laughs> so it's like, but oh, they're like true loves, apparently, or something. They had to rush that one. Uh, I wonder if missed something because I've never seen the princess and the frog but yeah I don't understand and that's another thing where like Nook and Sabine had way more chemistry in the like half scene that they were together than than uh, Sabine and or Tiana and Naveen ever did well I did like that they did the little joke on the princess and the frog by having the 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 prince be the frog that had been turned into a man instead of vice versa I thought that yeah, was yeah that was cute yeah <laughs> but again, it was just like a kind of fun little joke. It, uh, it didn't. I didn't need a whole lot of Tiana, really. Uh, other than I, the I, fact I, that they're ticking boxes and they're like, "What's a movie we haven't done? We haven't done Princess and the Frog." You know, it's like I, I feel like if they had gone another season, it would be like Lilo and Stitch need to show up. <laughs> okay, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, I still wanted them to have a Wreck-It Ralph arcade game in the background of a scene somewhere. Paulo <laughs> could have a friend finally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Sabine and Nobin both suffered from the the sort of potential. There were, I feel like she had potential to be something, and uh, if they had a season eight or nine, you know, they 
if she would have been fleshed out more, they would have gotten there. I really feel like they were going for more of an ensemble this season than they had previously. I think they realized that people were kind of tired of it being all about the charming. So they were going to try and create something more. But first they had to focus on Regina and Nook and Rumple and get that taken care of. And it, I don't know. I think if we'd gotten an eight, we would have gotten more Sabine. Yeah. Well, the problem was the focus was on Cursed Henry. And I mean, even in the first season, Emma was never cursed. So it was interesting to see her going through this world and experiencing it for the first time and kind of wondering, could there be something to this? The problem with Henry was that he was cursed. You can't make him the central character because he's never going to develop until the curse is broken. <laughs> <laughs> and that was what was driving me nuts the whole time. It's the whole point. The curse keeps bringing you back to where you were. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was frustrated through a lot of the season. Um, but yeah, since we brought up uh, Sabine, let's talk about Jacinda slash Cinderella. Um, interesting casting, taking the most boring character in Heroes to Dear uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Beer> Cinderella. <laughs> you know, I don't think there was anyone who watched Heroes that didn't want Maya to die a thousand deaths, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's make her our Cinderella. That's fine. <laughs> chemistry with the Henry character? Ah, we don't need that. <laughs> we'll just say they're destined to be together. They're It'll be fine. Actors, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> we'll just throw the destiny word around. It's good. But... Uh, Blame the curse. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I... Uh... They wanted to make her some like awesome revolutionary in the in the you know enchanted forest, but I don't know. Even there, she didn't do anything for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded because we've seen all these concepts already. <laughs> you know, it's like you're not gonna make me like her more than Snow. You know, we've already seen like Snow like almost the insurgent against Regina. Um, you know, it's and it's sort of a semi the same thing they set up with. Cinderella and her stepmother. That's true. That, it didn't feel... Yeah, we'd been there, done that. But then, yeah, and Jacinda didn't do anything for me either. And any any words to say about Jacinda and Cinderella, Angie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will give her credit for saving herself and stealing Henry's motorcycle. The motorcycle that apparently could go for years without being refueled <laughs> in the forest. He just but, found uh, some magic somewhere, something that just makes it like everlasting. It's fun. Yeah, that's all. But uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I felt like she had chemistry with Lucy. Uh, she, I, I bought her as Lucy's mother, as a single yeah. mother. That struggle was real. But the whole, yeah, with Henry, there was nothing there for me. That's a good point, because you're right. I, I did buy that she was the mom. Um, but even Lucy, I don't know. I, I didn't really... <sighs> Again, we've already seen this character with Henry in the beginning of the show. And Lucy, I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Henry at least had a reason because again he wasn't cursed and he was brought into the town that was cursed he had a reason for why he was noticing that stuff was up Lucy was supposed to be cursed just like everybody else yet 
Lucy uh, apparently could like tell that things were wrong and that they were really other people. And I never really got that. If they had if they had said like somehow she was protected from the curse, so she was the only one who remembered how things should be, that would have worked a little bit better for me. But instead, it was like she's so confident that Henry is her actual dad and that all these other things are true. But I never really got why that was. Um, but also, it was just I. I they needed to do something different with her, and I don't really feel like she did, you know, anything different. Um, that they did much that was different with her. I don't know. If they really wanted to, like, mess things up, or to really make things interesting, there should have been, like, relationship strange things happening. Like, Nick should have gotten together with Jacinda, and Ivy should have gotten together with Henry. Yeah. This would have made the 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 struggle in their you know in their lives interesting to us because we as the viewer know this is not who they are and this is not who they're supposed to be with but then seeing those dynamics and how they're hooking up with the wrong people and everything would like create some kind of but instead it's like we'll flirt with the idea of Jacinda getting together with Nick but then it won't happen. We'll flirt with Henry and Ivy getting together, but it won't happen. But yeah, that is kind of funny though, because I think Jacinda and Nick had more chemistry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And that might just be because the actress was like hubba hubba with the Nick guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's sad, but it's true. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um so yeah for new characters um i don't think that gives us much more i think uh, is facilier the only uh, or gothel let's talk about gothel okay <laughs> she was our she was our big bad supposedly um uh, <laughs> i think she suffered from the uh issue that the flash has been running into the last few years of revealing the villain way too late because um, even though we knew she was the villain, I think having her backstory much earlier in the season would have helped. Because when you find out who she really is right at the end of the season, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well now maybe I would have cared a little bit more about what was going on earlier, but... Um, you know, I mean, her just kind of being ominous and talking about her coven and stuff, that wasn't really all that exciting either to me. I thought it was a good idea. Like the coven itself was a good idea. Sure. Except they, except they immediately, it's like, there's going to be this coven and we're going to have these witches and you're going to see, you know, uh, uh, the, the witch from Hansel and Gretel. Oh, but now she's dead. Or, I mean, right. we, yeah, they would immediately, they introduce this concept and like literally the next episode or two, Jack is out there killing them and he's a serial killer. And it's just that this whole season would, Shift. It would. You'd be driving sixty miles per hour, and then it it would take a ninety degree turn into an entirely different direction. You're like, oh, Train's the villain. Oh, Ivy's the villain. Oh, Gothel's the villain. Oh, Fossilia is the villain. Oh, Rumble's the villain. All in one season. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, yeah, they should have run with the concept of the witches and the coven, done something with them to sort of build it and escalate. It's almost like they kind of like, oh, yeah, we introduce it. You're right. Then they. Kill a couple of them off. Although it was weird that they only needed one more member. 
Because I was like, wait a minute, two they they should be two down now. Yeah, well, <laughs> Julie has the power of two. Okay, uh, they, yeah. <laughs> the, their math was a bit off too, but yeah. um, but yeah, so they kill you know they kill a couple of them off, but then it's like then for the next few episodes, like we forget all about it, and then it's just right at the very end, it's like, oh yeah, there's a coven again. We have to do this thing to like turn everyone into trees. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I wanted. I don't think that. I don't think they sold Gothel as a threat until right when they wanted to unleash her power, and by then it was like it just felt like so much of the season was wasted doing stuff that didn't matter. I feel like they kind of fell into the trap of having mistaking meanness or cruelty for villainy that is interesting. Like, I found Facilier to be a far more menacing antagonist, we'll say, than any of the quote-unquote villains of this season, because Tremaine was just kind of petty and mean, and Eloise was kind of just petty and mean. And I, I mean, there wasn't any real motivation that, that had any resonance that would have... It, there was no... There was no evil queen. There was no, I don't know. The, the the motivations were what they were. I think they suffered from telling us instead of showing us in a lot of cases. Yeah. But even so, even accepting those, these people were just mean. Like, I didn't identify with them. I didn't feel for them. I didn't care about the mean girl ball in ancient fairyland. Like, I, <laughs> well, I know, and it's like kind of trying to, like, say that, oh, this whole thing is because Gothel lost her, her family, her whole people, you know, well, and she was left alone. Mean. But then, then she gives she up Tilly. And then when you yeah. examine her, you know, like yeah. go back to when she gave up Tilly, it's like, wait a minute. She had a chance at like a new family that she just like completely passed over until she decided that Tilly had some power that she needed. And so it's like, so there's nothing sympathetic about her at all. She dismissed her daughter. No, even Cora was more sympathetic in this exact situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it goes, point. it comes to the fact that not, they were, with the exception of Facilier, they were all two-dimensional. I mean, Regina worked because she was the evil queen, but she loved Henry. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, Ivy worked because she was evil, but she was also kind of this lost puppy. And all she wanted was her mother to, to approve of her. And Facilier worked because he wanted the power of the Dark One. He wanted to be the new Dark One, but he also wanted to take Regina out to, on a date. And mm-hmm. It worked, you know. Right, they it, were people instead of a character yeah. description. Yeah, exactly. Gothel, though, was just, yeah, two-dimensional, and so was uh, Victoria. It was just, I just, uh, there was nothing there to them. Except for, the most interesting thing about Gothel was her hair. <laughs> yeah, what ha- I mean, the budget obviously suffered this season, but that was real unfortunate <laughs> well and i the I think i kept on having like issues with was they kept on referring to eloise as like a young girl and i'm looking at yeah. her going she doesn't seem like a young girl to me <laughs> at all well <laughs> you know it, it, when she was in captivity it was it, it ages, it, it ages it, yeah yes. it's not yeah. the years it's the mileage <laughs> yeah, exactly. one thing i will say um i find a lot of I find a lot of the stage direction for actors to kind of have a blank, expressionless look to be menacing. I don't think it works most of the time. Um, they just look blank. But I will <laughs> I will shout out to Eloise. I thought she looked pretty menacing when she was 
kind of taunting Tremaine. Mm. And maybe she would have been better if she had been more... Uh, there had been more mystery around her for the remainder of the season. Like, she just was showing up too much, and she was really distinctive, and her hair looked real stupid. Right. Like, I don't... Maybe if she was always kind of in the shadow being really menacing, she would have worked better. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Pick one, because yeah. you're right. She was present <laughs> a lot, but she didn't do a whole lot. So either have her more front and center, give her backstory earlier, or have her be someone that we... that was more... you know, that was less present. You know, so that, you know, we just sort of had hints that Gothel is scary and, and we should stay away from her or whatever. Then that might have worked, you know, to, to add the tension. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, as as they did it, she shows up a lot because she's a regular. <laughs> and I mean, she's I, under contract. But then yeah. she's just kind of there and doesn't do anything interesting. So She was scariest when she was locked up in the tower. Yes. And, yeah. Right, and with the like, chains oh and everything. Yeah, because you're yeah. like, what in the world? How dangerous is this person that they have to keep her like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, but yeah, then we've, we've been talking about Facilier. That is the most charisma that I think that this <laughs> show has had in a long time. Because, <laughs> I mean, Facilier didn't do a whole lot either. Like, if you look at, like, accomplishments and things that he achieved. But, oh my god, was he menacing. <laughs> like, he entered a room and he, like, commanded the presence of everyone in that room. You know, I mean, he was, he dominated it. Um, and, you I know, mean- like... Oh, just helped to sell it because she she was nervous around him and that helped I mean everybody else was kind of like oh yeah the villain but Regina took a step back every time they were in the room together and it was great it just sold it so much more mm. yeah well the actor Facilier he he's up there with chewing scenery with Regina and, and Rumple, and just none of the others had that presence and that's good that they chose for him to play off of those two primarily. You know, it was the antagonism with Rumple and the, oh, you're, you're getting tired, Dark One, you know, kind of stuff that he was doing with Rumple, And then the, you know, romantic stuff with Regina. You know, that, that yeah. you know, I mean, that allowed him to play off of both those other characters who were also very charismatic. Um, and, you know, I honestly feared for Lucy when she was rooting through his stuff. Yes. You know, because of how much menace that this guy, I mean, how, how threatening he was. And he didn't have to do anything to get that. He just had to act that way. You know, we didn't see him kill anyone. You know, we never, until, you know, later. Well, he, <laughs> but at the same time, he, well, but he was also generally the type who, he didn't get his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. But, uh... Yeah, so I like that. And I like the, the curse identity was like Baron Samdi, which is like a James Bond reference. It's <laughs> like, that's awesome. <laughs> I'll be a Bond villain on this earth. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Oh. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he was he was great, and and that's the thing. I I figured um, Gothel was going to be defeated before the end. I wanted him to be the end game. I wanted him to get the Dark One's dagger, you yeah. know. And I wanted there to be. I wanted to see what his plan was. Um, but yeah. someone who wanted to actually be, who embraced being the Dark One. Right. I mean, that would have been something to see. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I was looking forward to, and we were, like... And that might have been what the plan would have been if they had been renewed, was that that, that would have been, like, either the cliffhanger at the end of the season or something like that. But, yeah, we we didn't get that. We got other plots. 
<laughs> and apparently Lily's dad is Zoro, but yeah. Let's talk about um let's talk about uh Henry for a minute. Um I eventually got to where I liked the new Henry, the actor. Took me a while. And in fact it's when Jared Gilmore showed up, it helped a lot. And I don't know why, because that should have hurt. Cause now you see the difference. But uh, for whatever reason, I thought like once Jared Gilmore showed back up, it was like it felt more like there's continuity now, and there's like a like a you know like <laughs> it's the same character in multiple phases, and it's like I don't know for whatever reason for me it worked better. Um, but yeah, I got cool with him a little bit later on, and I don't know. I I just. Uh, I just feel like, though, that having him under the curse when everybody else was free just dragged the season down. And that was the main problem, was plot-wise, not actor-wise. Because I think he he could have worked if he had had a better storyline to follow. And I feel like he was just shortchanged because it was like, we have to keep him under the curse until two episodes before the end. Well, I get what they were trying to do. They were reversing the dynamic, you know. Uh, the the entire town is cursed, except for Emma. And in this case, everyone knows, except for Henry. And so I got you know, I, I see where they were going and points for trying, you know. But I, I don't know. He, he – I agree with you. As time went by – he became okay and i did actually love the the sort of gimmick where henry talked to henry through the phone yes and i thought oh this is kind of neat you know <laughs> but uh, i liked the flashbacks with henry i thought that that was great even the one they had early in the season with him and hook training and all that stuff i liked i liked having the younger henry and seeing like how he developed and even the whole decision to travel through the other lands and whatnot. I mean, that felt like, yeah, I mean, if I was a teenager growing up in Storybrooke, I'd be like, college, you know? Yeah. Why go to college? I can have Do adventures. Do you know who my grandparents are? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I thought that that was pretty cool. But yeah, I, uh, yeah. in the beginning, though, I, I just didn't care because he wasn't really all that interesting. And that was kind of the problem. I guess they could have... This is going to sound really, really terrible but i guess the whole idea of oh grieving widower it, it's just not that it's been done to death you know i mean oh he's an he's a grieving widow author who who drives a taxi uber at night it just yeah i i don't know i i think they could have found a way to make him more interesting they made to get back to him jack slash nick more interesting in 30 seconds than they did uh uh henry in that entire time we knew that they weren't real at all it would have been way more dramatic if they were still alive and he had a wife and a kid that were just cursed made up yeah and, right like and, the wrong relationships yeah. yeah right like how like the mad hatter's daughter was part of a different family under the curse the first curse or in the first curse charming was charming was married right that's right yeah he was married to the wrong person yeah no you're right that would have been a little more interesting too um uh, married to ivy that's what they should have had henry was married to ivy and that was part of how ivy was just you know sticking it to um cinderella um, <laughs> yeah. See, we already wrote a better show. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> My favorite part about the whole Henry storyline, though, was that he like produced one episode of a podcast, and then there was some big company in New York that was going to offer him like six figures to do a podcast for them. Yeah. That actually enraged me because I listened to S Town, and S Town 
even pretending that anything that this show could do is on par with the writing for S Town isn't is offensive to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what, Nathan? I know what you're trying to do here. You're trying to pretend this hasn't happened to you. Right. So that yes. you don't yeah. have to pay I turned out it down, though, because I, 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 uh, I want to be true to my art. And so oh, okay. I was like, I can't take your money and be a corporate shell. Yes, yes, you can. You can. <laughs> I'm going to be true to my vision. <laughs> yeah, I had a good laugh about that. But anyway. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, we mentioned Zelina earlier. We should probably say a little bit there. Um, this is the most likable Zelina's been in their entire run on the show. Yes. Um, she was dynamic. She was, I mean, the curse was hilarious. Um, that was such an embarrassing <laughs> situation and that's what the curse should do. But, um, you know, the whole idea of her being engaged and then being like, holy crap, I'm engaged. <laughs> and this person has no idea who I really am, you know, and all that. And, and, and the poor guy being the guy from Runaways, uh, who was also being duped by his wife was... <laughs> Just, they knew he could do it. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that aside. Um, but, yeah, and then the whole thing of, like, actually trying to do, like, a redemption arc for Zelina, who, you know, the, the, the previous seasons have basically been like, nah, Zelina's always wicked, you know. But, uh, you know, I kind of liked that, um, you know. And I, and I liked her journey for the episodes that she was in, so... Um, I'm shocked that I'm saying that because, you know, how much I hated Zelina. But, uh, and again, it probably speaks to a lot of what was going on in this season that I was happy to see her again. But, uh, yeah, there it is. Well, I think it just goes back. She was having fun. The actress was obviously having fun, but the character mm-hmm. also had good things going for them that actually brought... Oh, I've been trying so hard not to say this the whole time, but I'm just going to run with the pun. That There was some charm when she was yeah. there. Like, well, if I look at the family tree, I guess there is some charming there. <laughs> but what I, I mean, really, literally, this season, they took the charm out of it. There was yeah. <laughs> the, the actual charmings were gone, and the show itself just lacked any sort of real charm. Right, and the thing is, if you want to do that, then going dark is the way to go. And that might have been interesting, because a lot of the fairy tales are really dark. But other than Nick becoming a serial killer, they didn't go there either. So it was kind of like, you know, the soft reboot is basically like, same basic concept, all the interest taken out. (laughs) Let's make this as blah as we can make it. (sighs) Well... Okay, I think if we go back and listen to the previous co- podcasts on the subject that we've done, you'll find that I defended Zelina, and I'm just going to say, yeah, I was right. You all were wrong. <laughs> Take that. I stand by my previous hatred. <laughs> she evolved as a character, and I was happy to go on that journey. Mm. Honestly, though, what, what I think it took was uh, becoming a mother and, and seeing you know, Robin... Uh, I don't know. That can I, – I realized during the po- this podcast I'm saying I don't know a freaking lot, but maybe that's just symptomatic of the entire season. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Zelina living the 
curse and having this whole previous life where she did raise Robin and the actress was able to just uh, to incorporate the, incorporate that into the character so that she did become more than just this two-dimensional wicked qu- wicked witch. She was suddenly a mother and, and a fiance and so much more. I like the fact that even though we're like 15 years later for the characters that nobody looks older except for Henry. <laughs> Zelina, Regina. I mean, Rumpel's got a reason, but Zelina and Regina, they look exactly the same. Well, they're fairy tales. You know? <laughs> Fine. All right. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. I'm sorry. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's no excuse. They had no makeup budget. So <laughs> they blew it all uh, hook in the first episode. Um. Uh, I really like Regina, as I've mentioned many times before, and I really loved Ronnie. I thought that having her be this, like, you know, working class, like, you know, tough lady was, like, a really great way of, like, sort of cursing Regina, who is used to the upper class stuff. Like, even in Storybrooke, like, you know, the mayor's <laughs> the mayor's house was, like, a, a true mansion. I mean, it was this giant, sprawling thing. So, um... You know, so so I kind of like that. It's being kind of like down on her luck. You know, her bar. She's about to lose her bar and all that kind of stuff. You know, and of course they brought her out of that fairly quickly. Um, but and and here's kind of the thing. You know, I mean, the ending of the show is fitting because Regina is the true hero of the series. But I don't feel like oh, this season. We're fight. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't feel like this season was a good showcase for that because most of the season was Regina standing around, wringing her hands, saying, "I can't do anything. I can't do anything." And yes, the kiss of Henry was what broke the curse. But that's like her only achievement this whole season was her kissing Henry. Otherwise, she was just stymied at every turn and just, like, wrung her hands uselessly in the corner, and I hated it. I hated seeing Regina reduced to that, and, well, yeah, I, she should be queen because she is the, you know, hero. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but this wasn't the showcase for that. <laughs> After she defeated Zelina, that was when. <laughs> <laughs> totally, because, you know, ruthless dictators who killed thousands upon thousands of people should always get what they want to be in. Just no, because they turned over changed, a new She was able to use white magic, so you knew she had changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Angie's point last year that the final battle had been written a long time ago and they kind of just made it happen even though like the story doesn't didn't seem to like work anymore for like where they had taken the show i feel almost like they had the idea of regina becoming queen of storybrook like a long time ago and that's like oh yeah we're gonna end the series that way and it was no. like they're gonna make it happen regardless of no you know where the it's show just had fan gone. service well here's what i will say most of the people in all of those realms that she linked to Storybrooke don't actually have a personal relationship with Regina. So she's just the nice lady that gave them indoor plumbing and the internet. I would vote for her. Yeah, or or spread pestilence and uh, porn. You know? But I, I feel like that's an example of the show not being able to fully separate itself from the previous seasons and it falling flat. Because... It, maybe within the, the 
the season itself that would make sense to crown her the queen of Storybrooke, but in the in the broader sense of the series, I think that Emma should have been crowned queen. Emma, Emma would be was useless. Christina and she gave it to Emma. That would have been fine with me. But Emma, Emma was the main character. She was billed as the main character, and you can argue that Regina kind of forced her way into being the main character but she was only the main character by default in the final season because she was the only one with the acting chops to hold it up <laughs> uh-huh. well no, I mean, well that's true I, I feel like I've hated Emma since uh, certainly since season two she has always been a boring character to follow she resisted the magic well after it was proven to her that that magic was real she at every turn just went for mopiness and everything else where I don't know I I, I never liked Emma um, and so I was glad I'm glad to substitute Regina as the main character of the show I get that Emma was supposed to be the main character for the first six seasons but I never oh, cared she for she still was I, I guess I feel like how much I like Regina or not doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the ending felt weirdly snubbing of the original characters <laughs> they went to all the trouble to bring them back so I, I don't I don't know what they were trying to do except for just shoehorn in as many feels as they could and be like Well, I love the big press release that, you know, Jennifer Morrison is returning to Once Upon a Time for the final episode, and she's in, like, 30 seconds of that final episode. (laughs) (laughs) Even my daughter was like, I thought Emma was going to be back. I'm like, just wait. Just wait. (laughs) Wait. And finally, at the very end, she's like, that's it? And I'm like, yep, that's it. Savior couldn't be bothered to save anything. (laughs) Um, well, you know, I'm sorry, but after saving her punch card, she'd gotten a free save at this point in time. You know? She'd saved it six times, the seventh one was free. <laughs> yeah. But, like, everything was weird. Like, the Wish Henry, so uh, Evil Henry, who was great, by the way, um, oh, yeah. like, he's calling Regina mom at the end. His actual real mom is Emma. Like, that's not a wish. She actually was his mom in that world. I don't understand what was happening. Yeah. That's just because they wanted everything to be a happy ending for everybody. And for Regina, that's it. She can have her Henry, and she can have a new Henry. (laughs) So her life is complete. Yeah, that left a real bad taste in my mouth. (laughs) We're going to get to the last two parts. We're going to cover the last two parts as its own thing. Let's step back a little bit, and let's talk about Rumple this season. Um, I didn't like the first few episodes. When they got to the Rumple centric episode where we saw where him living out the life with Belle, that hit me right in the feels. Yeah. Um, that I mean, and I knew I had the feeling that that's what how things were gonna play out. That once they lived in that accelerated time, that that you know uh, you know Belle was gonna die, um, but it was still hard to watch, and. You know, I love that they set up this whole idea of he had to, like, pass on, like, the Dark One dagger to somebody who could hold it but not be tainted by it. And then for them to completely, like, at the end just be like, psych. (laughs) 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 That's not how this is going to play out at all. (laughs) But, um... 
But yeah, for most of the season, I feel like Rumpel was just completely underutilized. And again, because they hamstrung him. Similar to what happened with Regina. It was in this case, though, it was like, you can't do anything too big because if you do something big, maybe you'll do something bad and then you won't be able to end up with Belle. And it was just him kind of being stuck, you know, trying to be low-key. And other than his, his, you know, talking with Facilier and their interaction, there wasn't a whole lot that was interesting coming out of Rumpel, which is super sad because he is one of the most interesting actors that they've had on the show. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of unhappy with the, with the Rumpel direction. Um, took a long, you know, and I mean, obviously the last two-parter was him allowing to cut loose a little again, but, um, at that point, it was more for nostalgia than for telling an interesting story. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. How do you guys feel about Rumple? Uh, I think I already said, but they didn't give Weaver <laughs> anything to do, so he bored me to tears. Even I like, yeah. I've, and and then even at the end, when you have Wish Rumple, who had a couple of good one-liners that made me smile, but we've already seen this story. This was the Pan story where he sacrificed himself to mm-hmm. save everybody again. Uh-huh. Like, it, it, done better with Pam. So right. I, well, and my thing is, he shouldn't be ending up with Belle because he should be back at that Dark One vault about to be respawned because that's what we find out happens when you kill the Dark One is they just respawn. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I, I feel like it was almost tragic that they... I don't know if Robert Carlyle just his heart wasn't in it anymore or what, but they they have an actor who they know is capable and they just decided to ignore him. Well, I think it was the writing though. Like he wasn't given anything to do because so much of it was like, I'm going to do this or that. And it's going to be like, you can't do that because then you might never see bell. Oh, I guess you're right. (laughs) And that was like most of what he was doing the whole season was, you know, people telling him like, Oh, remember you can't, you can't do anything too bad or you can't get bell. And it's like, Oh, I guess I better not do anything then. (laughs) It's just frustrating. (sighs) And I get that. It's kind of like that. They had this bad job or not bad, but this sort of thankless job of trying to write us into liking new characters while the old characters that we already liked were present, but freezing the old characters into inaction is not the way to make that work. (laughs) Especially when you don't make the new characters interesting in their own right. That's fair. Uh. Yeah. I, I found Rumple to be... I felt like they were throwing... Just throwing everything at the wall to see what stuck. You know, oh, he's going to be the dirty cop who's mentoring Rogers. Oh, he's going to be the father figure to Tilly. Oh, and so... It was just like... Like he said, they, they'd cut him off at the knees because... He's the freaking dark one. So they were just trying to to really just give him something to do. And all credit to Robert Carlyle, he even when he's phoning it in, it's it's worth watching because that's just who he is. But um, yeah, the only time that he really popped was when he was on the screen with someone he had history with. When he and Regina were in a scene together, mm. or he, yeah, he and uh, um, Bell, like you're saying, it, it just well, with the exception of, of Nook, he and Nook have no chemistry except for when they're enemies. 
Uh, right, so, and that's the yeah. thing. But then, like, that's why I said in the flashbacks when they became friends, I was like, that that takes all the fun out of it. Yeah, <laughs> so, I get why they did it. Right. But, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, and don't get me started on this whole thing of, oh, okay, there's this prophesied guardian that you have to give the, the dagger to. It's like, oh, there's actually a bunch of potential guardians. It's like, oh, what, is this Buffy now? You know? <laughs> like, we've got to activate the potential guardians and see which one we can get. Uh, that just, I don't Well, know. It's, it's kind of interesting. I, I did feel like, you know, speaking of prophecies, um, they... I felt like they almost did a callback to the whole prophecy about the boy will be his undoing or something like right. that um, in Henry. And at the time, of course, he way back in season two or three, whenever it was, he thought that meant he was going to have to destroy his grandson. But then if flash forward to season seven and he's kind of thinking this is what he wants. This is it will be his undoing. But that's the desired outcome. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of clever. But yeah. other than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was interesting that they brought that up for Wish Rumple to still be worried about that, and that was like, oh yeah, okay, that that has a certain you know elegance to it. Um, yeah. Well, and they completely. I don't think I. Th- I think they what did Regina at one point. Regina mentioned, "Oh hey, Rumple, that's your great granddaughter in there." Uh, otherwise, <laughs> he right. made no reference to the fact that he's related to half the people in this town. Right. <laughs> The Rumpelstiltskin dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's talk about that last two-parter. I liked seeing everybody again, like Snow and Charming, <laughs> Granny, Original Henry. I mean, he's playing, he's playing Wish Henry, but, you know, it's more or less Original Henry. Um, um, uh, Zelina made an appearance, but that's neither here nor there. Archie! We got to see Archie yeah. at Storybrooke. That was cool. Um, grumpy. Yeah. No Mulan, Ruby, or Aurora. Uh, <laughs> you can dream, Ryan. You can dream. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I know. It was, it was great seeing everybody again. I mean, like I said, I'm still bitter about Emma. Because, you know, if Emma's going to be in the end, then, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, have Emma in the in the last story have her play a major role because she is the savior, you know? So, yeah, I mean, have Emma come in and help. I mean, I know you don't want to, like, have the old characters eclipse the new ones, but they did that anyway. So you might as well have Emma just be there to be part of it. <laughs> so, I mean, they sidelined Sabine and... And and what's his Jacinda, face? Uh, right, uh, like like they uh, stayed back in in Seattle, you know, Sabine yeah. them, and then it was like, yeah, and then Jacinda and Henry are trapped, and you know, all that stuff. I just, yeah, yeah. It was clear that they were like, this is going to be a thank you to the fans that stuck with us for all these years. So so give us some real Emma time. I mean, seriously. <laughs> well, and they didn't even. I mean, you have two hooks now in town. You couldn't think of a single joke to do with right. nothing, really. Yeah. Well, they didn't want to spend the money for doing the two hooks <laughs> in the same scene. So we just cut, cut to, okay, we're looking this way. There's hook one. Oh, we're looking this way. Now there's hook two. <laughs> Dressed slightly differently so you can tell the difference. Uh, quick tangent. What was the deal with Nook's hand? I mean, sometimes he could operate it and, like, move the <laughs> fingers and everything. 
and sometimes it was just... developed by Cyberdyne Industries. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, not not until the deal goes through and Disney owns Fox. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> until then, it's Stark technology. I guess. Right, there you go. <laughs> it's part of Ultron. He took the yeah. hand. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah. Um, you know, I really loved Wishrumpel showing up, and like I say, I would have really loved it in season six. Um, here, his plan made no sense, and <laughs> the idea that if you killed the original Rumpel, Wishrumpel dies too is almost nonsensical because. Yeah, because it's like, oh wait, so like anyone who does, like, and, and and wait, since they're back in time, that means there is still a Rumple alive. So shouldn't Wish Rumple still be alive because there's a Rumple in the present in Storybrooke right now, or possibly in wherever he and Bell were? But you know, you get what well, I'm saying. The charming didn't die when Regina killed them. Right. So what's the? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, there were. Yeah, there were you're serious. thinking about it. That's your first mistake. <laughs> it's just because they wanted to set up the Rumple sacrificing himself thing again, which, like Angie said, it was like we've seen this before. Okay, now, all right. If you really want to think about, it, maybe it's not. Maybe it's because Rumple is the dark one. Maybe <laughs> that's got something. I mean, yeah, charming the and, but maybe maybe the, if the original dark one dies, then then. Maybe maybe Wish Rumple's power comes from the the Dark One's power. He's not like a separate Dark One. He's the same Dark. He shares that same pool of Dark power. So well, if original Rumple died, Wish Rumple could have taken Vasilier's role in the entire season. Wish Rumple could have found out he's a wish and not really the Dark One, and that his power has limits, and then he wants the dagger. Right. Yeah. Or or you know, twist. Vasilier was Wish Rumple the entire time. Or, yeah, and so then the idea is he murders Rumple with the dagger to absorb all of his darkness, or something like that would have been, yeah. That would have been a better plan, anyway. It would have made more sense. I was really disappointed by the plan. But, Angie, I'm curious to know, when he, um... When he sucked the blue fairy into, like, her own worst nightmare, did you did you cheer a little no, bit? No, I didn't. I, I was just mostly confused why they... <laughs> I don't know why that happened. Right. I don't know why that Well, the whole there. thing of him needing Henry to do it, and then it was like, wait a minute, Henry's not really using his author powers, so how how did the whole book thing... I still don't get how the whole book thing worked, and why he needed Henry for it to work. At first, when they revealed that, oh, any version of Henry will do to use the pen, it was like, okay, that makes sense, but I thought he was going to have Henry write huge swaths of things like you know make this happen make that happen but instead it was like oh no i just need you to write the thing that you know the rumple doesn't have his powers anymore and then i'm just going to suck everybody into these books that have nothing to do with your author pen but apparently i need you for them somehow (laughs) (laughs) i think it would have been cool to have seen everybody sucked into their worst nightmares and have a couple episodes of that Yeah. yeah And then, you know, maybe that would have been in the cliffhanger. No, maybe. Although I think that they they wouldn't have even gone that that whole storyline if if they had been renewed, because I don't think they would have tried to bring everybody back and done all That's all because they wanted to thank the fans, and they knew that we'd like to see everybody one last time. And then my absolute favorite, 
let's suck everyone out from their own worlds, regardless of whether they want to or not, and put them all in Maine. <laughs> Again. Well, have you ever been to Maine? Indoor <laughs> 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 plumbing and the internet. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wonder if people like say from Agrabah, you know, really want to be taken out from the environment that they're used to and put in a snowy, you know, rainy place. <laughs> yeah. Or what about the the movie universe? I mean, they've gone from black and white to full color. That's gonna freak them out. Well, I don't know if we saw anything from there. We did. We, we saw didn't. Arendelle. We saw Agrabah. Yes. We saw you know we saw quite a few places, but I, we didn't. We see... saw. I think we saw Steampunk World. Oh, that's right. That. You're right. They have a land of untold stories. But again, it's like it's like oh yeah, we're just gonna do this thing without like consulting with anyone or whatever. We're just gonna merge all these worlds together. And I'm just like, don't you think? You know, some people might not like that. We've already established that peasants' opinions don't matter. Peasants, don't matter. <laughs> they're replaceable. You know? <laughs> they're like villagers in a Wheel of Time series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just really frustrated me that that was the you know that they did that because it was like I don't understand how that was good or you know if like for a good ending or a happy ending. Um, I, I don't I don't understand. I don't get what they were going for there. Um, and the fact that the well, time it's like we gotta sort out some timeline issues I'm like yeah you do but I don't know how you're gonna do that did they open a portal to Hades I wonder or would that be like a, you know? but that was that was the best part of the apprentice and the wish realm oh he's one the apprentice in our world died but the apprentice in the wish realm was still alive so there there's a problem with their theory right there anyway uh, but <laughs> but when the apprentice is scanning Henry's mind and he's like the timelines alone would like drive anyone <laughs> mad <laughs> such an inside joke but it was so good thanks Barry <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> <sighs> but uh other than regina being crowned queen i did not like that ending at all my daughter oh my god i gotta talk about this my daughter we're watching it and when rumple died she was like heartbroken <laughs> i was like she was like daddy why did you show me this and i i just i don't i i was not expecting that i haven't seen her that broken up since she was four and we watched transformers the movie <laughs> well, <laughs> i mean this, this has been seven years you know that she's known this character <laughs> well, that's true yeah i don't know i i just wasn't expecting it because i'm like they've been saying that he's gonna be reunited with bill like the whole season i thought that it was kind of like understood that he's gonna die at the end you know but that was sad no and you know they got their little dance at the end and See, what I think would have been funny is if he showed up in Hades and was like, No! <laughs> I'm in the wrong place! <laughs> and then he's going to fight Arthur for being king of Hades or something, I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> oh, another missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's like Henry's – for Henry's dead wife, it should have been uh, the girl from Camelot. Guinevere? Oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, you're talking about – um, oh, his first girlfriend. Um, yeah. Uh, Violet. Violet. The yeah. one he made the mixtape for. Yeah. Or not – yeah. Yeah, yeah, Violet. <laughs> first Apparently, their story is in a novel. There's a Henry oh. and Violet novel to explain what happened with them. 
Well, that's just good to know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care enough to read it, but, you know, it's nice to know that somewhere they wrote about that story. <laughs> so, no, you're right, though. That would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would have been something, anyways. Yeah, it would have been, been a nice callback, too, but, you know, whatever. So, so yeah, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, I, I think part of the problem was I don't think they had a good vision for what they were trying to do with the story. Uh, I think it was more like we got, we thought for sure season six was the end and then we got continued and it's like, oh no, what do we do here? (laughs) And then they had like the sort of dichotomy of being like, we want to keep some characters because we need to keep something. But then they were like, but we can't, but we also want to have our new characters and we don't want the old characters to overshadow them. And I think that froze them into, into like indecision more than anything. Um, rather than letting, you know, uh, you know, the old characters shine, they just kind of like, just, you know, everybody just kind of stood still for a lot of the series. And that's why I think it didn't work. Well, I think they felt like, I kind of agree that they thought six was going to pretty much be the end. And then they got seven. And I think they thought, well, they were pretty much all but guaranteed to get an eight. And so they, the first two thirds of, um, season seven are kind of geared towards laying the the framework for at least a two or three season storyline or reboot and then they suddenly find out nope this is it and so it's just like well crap we have to do something <laughs> and, and they phoned it in at that point it was literally just uh yeah what do we got oh well there's wish rumple you know <laughs> i mean you know that interesting villain we're developing that was actually going to be a slow burn uh let's just get rid of him <laughs> Bye, yeah, exactly. Celia. Yeah. <laughs> and, and why you didn't need to he's already left before and just kind of vanished to go be a creeper elsewhere like his death was literally meaningless. They didn't have to do it. He could have just exited stage left and it would have had the same effect. I would have found it more satisfying if they had just let him be the villain of the two-parter. And you could still have Rumpel sacrifice his life or something to keep Facilier from getting the power or something. You know, you get what I'm saying? They could have still achieved all the main beats that they wanted to achieve at the end of the of the series. It could have been a team-up. It could have been a team-up. Or even that, I guess. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I, I kind of get you needed Wish Rumple to bring back Storybrooke. And I got to admit, I did like seeing the clock tower. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, seeing the town. Oh, my God, the feels. And even the last little pan that they did of all the different locations in Storybrooke. It's like, oh. I, yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't realize how much this stupid show has like wormed its way into your heart. <laughs> you see it in all the different locations and realize this is the last time I'm ever going to see all these different places and that that was really sad it kind of was there's gold <laughs> shop there's grannies <laughs> there's all those little stores they're always walking by <laughs> i wonder who's running gold shop now that gold isn't there anymore it runs itself <laughs> oh that would be awesome if they just had that with like furniture and stuff that's just animated and just running the shop <laughs> <laughs> Chip finally turns into a real boy and takes over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe Gideon went back to Storybrooke. Who knows? They did. They did have him show up for the the Rumple and Bell episode. I know who's running it. Um, I'm I'm blanking on his real name, but uh, Balefire's namesake. Oh, um, 
Little Neil. Yeah, Neil. Little Neil. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> yeah, they actually Thanks had for- him at the coronation for Regina. He was like, he was like four. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> It's okay, Neil. You can run off the stage now. And then he just, like, runs off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, once upon a time. <laughs> so, uh, we're kind of in agreement. Season six probably should have been the end, right? No, I, I disagree. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it could have been an end. Sure. Yeah. But you feel like it was worth having the season seven that we got? If if they'd been able to do more with it, I mean, yes. I, I feel like there was a lot of potential that this season set up a lot of things that could have been something, but they never got the chance to run with it. But I feel like they had a whole season and they squandered it. They squandered a lot of it. Yeah, well, didn't they kind of do that every season? <laughs> yeah, Regina's yes. first act should be to rename Storybrooke the land of wasted potential. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Mad Hatter again? <laughs> hey, the, so you're saying that she should rename it El Wasp? <laughs> oh no, La, La, Lausp. Lausp, land up, waste of Lausp. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I've been up since four a.m. Leave me alone. <laughs> I could have sworn the Mad Hatter was around there somewhere. <laughs> Who, interestingly enough, is also you know the Winter Soldier since right. Disney Marvel had multiple characters. Everyone's at least three characters, right? right. So you know, Mad Bucky Hatter Bar- Winter Soldier Hatter. buddy movie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let that work. Sure. And and uh, Prince Charming is also uh, one of the uh, Warriors Three. That's so, true. Yeah, it works. He's Fandral. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the better Fandral in my mind. But uh, I'll agree with that actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> so what about you, Angie? Did you did you feel like uh, it was worth having the season seven? Overall, I would I would say no. The only thing I will say is that the season six finale was so bad. <laughs> Not as bad as seven. <laughs> uh, frankly, I feel like seven at least had some internal continuity. Six didn't even have that. It was just a mess. So, but they had the Last Supper, Angie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so even just, even just being able to wrap it up. The, <sighs> I don't know, man. They gave them the chance to answer about Lily's parentage. And they screwed it up. (laughs) Because what we wanted to hear was that her father was a guy that shouldn't even be a dragon from a story that they've never even touched on with the 10 football. That was really satisfying. You're, again, that's just one character. He's three characters. Right. (laughs) That's true. He's also this. He's Merlin. And... <laughs> exactly. You know? Maybe it's the Antonio Banderas version of Zorro from Mask of Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> Pete the Dragon, a Disney movie? Could he be Pete, too? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it... Okay. Well, yeah, okay. If it's Antonio Banderas Zorro, then he's also the 13th warrior, which is a retelling of Beowulf. So, yeah, I mean... You know... <laughs> It works. <laughs> it's beautiful. I, I mean, I will say having season seven made me appreciate characters I did not appreciate by the end of season six. <laughs> so for that reason, 
alone now that I love the Charmings again. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe season seven was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I would never believe how happy I'd be to see Granny. I'm just going to say that. And I, I always liked <laughs> Granny, although I felt that once they dropped the werewolf aspect that she was less interesting. But, um, but yeah, I didn't really think that much of Granny, but oh my god, was I happy to see Granny. And when she brought out the crossbow when uh, Nobbin and Tilly showed up, oh, well, that was great. <laughs> now, and you know, I mean, I know Jennifer Goodwin has had like, uh, what, like 17 kids during the course of this show, <laughs> but at, at the end there, she looked, oh, she looked, like, it looked yeah. like just like she did in season one. I, I think that that time to, to for herself uh, did very well for her. I think that she's, you know, doing something. I mean, because it must be hard doing the grueling schedules they've got to do to make a show, then come home to two kids, and then yeah. have to take care of two kids. And, you know, there's probably not a lot of time for her to, like, exercise and do stuff like that. So, you know, having, having a season off was probably really good for her health. Absolutely. Uh, if nothing yeah. else. So, yeah. And who knows, maybe well, after she bides her time a little bit and the kids get a little older, maybe she's thinking about, you know, going back and doing another series. So, um, I mean, I know um, Josh Dallas has that one coming out right. now. And, you know, he, she, she better watch out for that because he does like to date his co-stars. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fashion now. Melissa Benoist does it too. <laughs> That's why I said if they establish a new love interest for Kara, then the guy playing Monel really needs to be worried. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> she can't separate her character from herself <laughs> that well. method acting You're right yes method, method acting, acting. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where our characters sleep together so we have to do it in reality so that we can play it right <laughs> seems legit <laughs> that seems <Yeah>. legit <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, this has been fun. We always have fun talking about Once Upon a Time, even though we've never really been all that positive from the three that we've done. <laughs> it's, it's a love-hate relationship. It really is, you know. And the thing, see, it's too bad that when I saw season one, I didn't have my own podcast. Because that would have just been a glowing review of how awesome this series was. And, and, you know, here's the thing. It's a testimony to how good those early seasons were that I stuck through it through seven seasons, even after I wasn't as happy with it. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. I stuck through just for Regina and Rumple. Right, and that's the thing. I, mean. <laughs> I love the characters. I mean, that explains through season six and then through season seven. It's just kind of like, well, yeah, you're right. I still love Regina and Rumple, but... Well, I mean, even the actors as much as anything I think um, I, I am blanking on Regina's the actress's Lana name. Perilla. Anna per- yeah, Lana Perilla. I may follow I mean, her she- on Twitter. Yeah, as, well, you should. I, I, if I ever signed into my Twitter, I'd probably am too. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, she – I'll watch Robert Carlyle and anything. Uh, if the full Monty is on TV and I'm flipping through it, I'll stop and watch him in that. You know, I, But her, she could like read the freaking phone book and she'd do it with such – that you know, Yeah, it's compelling. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Ryan. Well, <laughs> uh, it's it's just this this show has had either the most bland freaking boring casting or the most over the top scene chewing you can't look away casting that's it's it's just night and day 
Uh, um, so I'm just going to say for the record, though, that I'm still upset that we didn't get um, Mad Science Bros. Um, yeah. With Frankenstein <laughs> and Dr. Jekyll because, yeah. <laughs> it's the biggest missed opportunity of this show. <laughs> right there. Well, you know, I mean, the fact that they did mention Zorro, I never even thought about Zorro as one of the stories they could have explored. There are, I mean, who knows how many other worlds they could have gone to and explored. Well, yeah, stories. I mean, the whole untold, I mean, I said this last year, but the whole thing of the untold stories and the fact that they were going to go beyond fairy tales, you know, they yeah. teased all sorts of that Three Musketeers, Paul Bunyan. Uh, there were a couple others that they kind of teased because in the volume two of Once Upon a Time, Henry was flipping through, you saw some, and you saw some yeah. in the background of the land of untold stories. But it's like uh, they did like the... Um, you know, they did very few of those. They did Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They did the Count of Monte Cristo. And there was, like, one other. And otherwise, it's always been fairy tales. I mean, they didn't pull in a lot of those extra, those other kinds of stories, those tall tales or fables or things. And, um, you know, I, I would have loved a lot more of that. And, and done what they did in season one, draw weird connections between stories that never were supposed to go together. You know, and I would have loved that, but they, they, you know, they, they, they kind of blinked on the untold stories thing. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. That, I don't think it worked with Beast and Rumpel, but whatever. Wait, you know? wait, wait, you don't think that, all right, so Angie, you, you, uh, you, you weigh in on this one. Did you like the Beast-Rumpel connection? I thought it was really clever, um, and I thought they made it work for a while. Um, it kind of fell apart the more they delved into it, I think, but I... I don't know. I'm not a shipper, and the rumble thing was always kind of creepy to me. So I would have preferred less of it. <laughs> and I don't know. In terms of just making Rumpelstiltskin and the Beast be um, the same character, I thought it was very clever. I had no issues with it. Uh, my problem with the Rumpel and Bell relationship was after she uh, she eventually said this is not okay, what you're doing is evil, grabbed the dagger and forced him to leave the town line, that then as soon as he comes back, it's just kind of like, oh, uh, yeah, a few episodes, all is forgiven, let's get back together. <laughs> it's like, that was too much for me. I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, it was awful. I was torn up when she had him leave. I felt like that should have been a deciding moment for her character, where she finally said, no, I, I'm not okay with this. I mean, there Season one, Belle, probably we would have had more of a look at abusive relationships and what exactly. that could do to somebody. But I, I swear it's when they got frozen and all of the writing just got toned down to middle school level <laughs> and it never recovered. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Belle, it, the, the power dynamic in that relationship is so off and people, oh, Stockholm Syndrome and all that. Yeah, it, you can't really be sure that all the decisions she's made have really been her own. Uh, and, and the fact that even through as the season's gone on, up until probably season seven, Rumpel manipulated her and lied to her. And I th well, maybe it was, I, was it six where he just said, I'm going to be evil and that's that, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> but up until then, yeah, I, it's just in the fact that she, like you said, every, it, it kind of reminded me of, um, Oh gosh, what was the series? What TV series were we talking about the other day about the fact that uh, um, someone gets mind wiped? Oh, it's, it's like Flash. It's like um, the thinkers of, of 
companion how she kept getting mind wiped every when she, when she started discovering the truth and that's kind of what i've always wondered about bell just how much of bell is bell <laughs> well i don't know the show's been fairly clear that rumple wants everything from bell as far as their relationship to be genuine and that he's not going to control her in that sense he'll he'll lie to her but he'll but, but he won't do but he won't do like any magical kind of control or anything that would compel her to do Consciously. something right Consciously. <laughs> right. Yeah. but yeah he'll manipulate her all day long <laughs> but but at least where bell is concerned he'll only use a normal human's level of manipulation he won't use magical compulsion <laughs> That's still terrible. No, it is. I, it is. <laughs> That's okay. I don't think the actual Beauty and the Beast is this great love story that people think it is. So, you know, I still think it's messed up, but whatever. Well, most of them are if you think about it too hard. <laughs> I mean, Snow White, you know, is going to go live with seven men. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> No, that's perfectly fine. As the show established, a thirty-something a, a cop can take the you know twenty-year-old yeah. orphan <laughs> wave into his home, and no one thinks that that's you know anything's wrong with that. I think that's why that other cop guy joined a uh, gospel. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what's going on over there, but that relationship is wrong. You know what? Not all heroes wear capes. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so aside from Lilo and Stitch, what other Disney movie? Would you've wanted them to have explored? I mean, they they hinted, they got, they did Moana a little bit. (laughs) All right. If I'm being like really evil, I'd say a song of the South. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure bet that one's not gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They've pretty much done them all, haven't they? I mean. I would have liked Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you're right. That's one they haven't done. Nope. I mean, I guess they haven't done The Lion King, but that's a weird one. I mean, they haven't done anything really with the animalistic ones, you know, because then they have to convert them into humans, and that's probably a shade too far. But I don't know. They did Cruella de Vil. She was always a human. Yeah, but it was still a story about, you know, anthropomorphic animals. Well, sure. No, but I mean, like, the characters they brought in. Yeah, I know. You're not going to have Simba. I mean, the only <laughs> one that they actually converted was Gus. Oh, Gus true. was converted into a human from uh, um, Cinderella. Um, but otherwise, all the characters have been human characters. Other than Pongo, who is a dog in both versions. But... <laughs> Well, and the Jiminy. Oh, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's a more complicated story since he was human originally. Okay. <laughs> You're right, though. It is a little more complicated than I... I guess they didn't do Jungle Book, Mowgli. Yeah. They could always bring that him in, but I don't know how. There's actually lots that they didn't do, right? They didn't do anything from, like, Black Cauldron or Treasure Planet or... Well, I mean, Black Cauldron they can't the... because that's another license that they would have. No, that wasn't actually a Disney story. That's actually a book that they adapted, so they... I don't... Black Cauldron? It's a, it was a Disney movie. Yeah, but I mean, but it was a Lloyd Alexander book that they turned into a movie. <laughs> So you're saying it would have been a different rights issue to do a TV adaption. Right, exactly. Yeah, they would have had to, like, pay a new license to their the estate um, to, to do that. I mean, that's why, like, uh, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if Tarzan is free use now or if they had to pay to do Tarzan. Um, but, 
that's, that's, why that's another one they didn't do yeah, yeah that's true too but yeah i mean some of those disney movies are actually adaptations and i don't think they can do those as easily um wizard of oz is free use which is why they're able to do that um well, if Wizard of Oz is, then Tarzan has to Well, be. no, because it's just a matter of whether or not the rights holder paid to have it re-upped. Oh. And okay, so apparently yeah. the Baum estate didn't pay to have Wizard of Oz stay in there, you know, under their control. Um, but I don't know about the Burroughs estate. I don't know if they still own Tarzan or not. But with as many Tarzan movies and adaptations as there have been, maybe not. Maybe that's reused too. So, who knows? Um, but yeah, yeah, Mowgli... Um, they did Robin Hood. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really stretching. I mean, that's why I like say things like, I want a Wreck-It Ralph arcade game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm surprised. That, well, they did do a musical episode, but I'm surprised they never did like an animated episode or something like that. Uh, uh, I mean, or if they wanted, they could have John C. Riley show up in character as Ralph on an episode <laughs> saying that he wants to wreck. Although that was a joke. I don't know if you caught it, but when they were... But when they burned down the place where Jacinda and Sabine were working, Victoria called at somebody and she says, Ralph, wreck it. Ah, so that was their reference that. to wreck it. Ralph was apparently okay. he was on her speed dial <laughs> and, and he wrecked the restaurant for him. Although he burned it down rather than smashing it with his fists. So. <laughs> but stupid curse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, I would get a really big kick out of seeing Fix-It Felix and Ralph and, and Calhoun and all those characters, but I'm not sure. I think that might have been a step too far for people who were in this for the fairy tales, so. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess they couldn't really have done Pocahontas either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no rights issue there. That's just a good taste yeah. issue. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think they would have had a hard time selling that one. Of course, I'm not the best for Disney movies. I have a huge gap, um, you know, between like when I turned a teenager and when I started having kids. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm not sure I know all the Disney movies that came out in that gap. So, all right. So uh, that's Once Upon a Time. It's finally over for real this time. <laughs> <laughs> They're out of time. <laughs> I'm making that joke because like. <laughs> I wrote the, the, the post for the last one we did about the final battle as if it was the end of the series, and then I went, wait, they're renewed? <laughs> Crap. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about it, since they, since season seven kind of con occurred concurrently with uh, some of the other seasons, then it might still have been... Well, no, I guess not. I guess it still happened. Yeah, afterwards, still because yeah, because Henry graduated, yeah. so it was yeah, it was later. Yeah. Still a couple of years afterwards. Okay, all right. So yeah, we're we're done talking about Once Upon a Time. Now I can get back to talking about things like you know the Flash, an Arrow, <laughs> <laughs> series that we have nothing negative to say about. <laughs> there was your five minute controversy right there. Uh, Ruby Rose as a. Um, that woman well i'm recording like five episodes in the next three weeks ryan i can <laughs> i can hey, use them all <laughs> and, and there's a whole thread on the facebook page for you to post ideas for five minute controversies why aren't you putting them there it just occurred to me <laughs> <laughs> nobody's putting them there <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have no idea who she is other than that i saw that she's batwoman so i have really no opinions on that but all right, so uh, yeah, um, it's it's 
it's been fun talking about Once Upon a Time. And like I say, I mean, I, I am kind of sad to see the show go, even though I've had issues with the last few years of it. But, uh, oh, well. Um, so let's say our goodbyes and let people know where they can find you online. So, um, Ryan, let's start with you. Uh, not saying goodbye. Uh, I got broadband so that I'd never have to do, you know, say goodbye to the internet again. Um, you can find me at Dragon Con <laughs> over Labor Day weekend. <laughs> Just twisting that knife. <laughs> I don't know when this episode will air, but if Dragon Con 2019, I'll probably be there as well. So you know, <laughs> it's still good. <laughs> yeah. um, you can uh, check out yeah Geekstranger you know dot com because I'm paying a monthly fee for it. So do that. Um, but if you've seen it already, there's nothing new there from when you've checked. There's absolutely nothing new there. <laughs> right. The sad part is that I've, it's actually linked to my Twitter account, which I haven't signed into in like six months either. So I, if I tweeted, the website would be updated with that, you know? So yeah, I need to start tweeting, I guess, some nonsense. Um, yeah, so uh, Facebook, 42Cast, uh, these fine people, um, or my own Facebook, although lately that's been kind of rough for me too. Uh, so yeah, frankly, I guess if you want to get a hold of me, you have to show up at my door, and <laughs> <laughs> and I still probably won't answer. But I tell you what, just make an argument that you're wrong about, and you will hear from me. <laughs> and uh, you're wrong, Ryan. The answer is not to sign into your Twitter. It is to start posting links to the Forty Two Gas page. <laughs> It's on my to-do list. You know? <laughs> You've got like a list of a hundred things, and it's number one hundred. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know how it works. <laughs> Angie, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can? Oh, if they can find you online. Uh, I have an IMDb page. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You heard it here first, folks. Um, no, I'm I'm signing off from the unbelievably meltingly blisteringly hot Southwest. Um, and I'm going to preserve any mystery I have left and not be found on the internet. <laughs> I love how you always make it like this really uncomfortable thing. about it's, It is extremely uncomfortable. I've, I've actually considered starting a Twitter account like six times just so I can be like, look, I have one. <laughs> you, you actually do have a Twitter account, by the way. I found it. I yes. You made one at some point. You, you like maybe tweeted there once, but yeah, you did. It's your picture. What? Really? Yes. <laughs> Taken straight from your IMDb page. <laughs> I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll message you with it. Okay, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> that depends what the tweet was because like if it was for Canadian pills, then you know, I think maybe it wasn't you. <laughs> All right, well, stay tuned, I guess, then. Okay. All right. Anyway, so Angie and Ryan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. And that's a wrap on Once Upon a Time. Uh, It's going to be our last episode ever on that subject, but um, definitely want to hear what you think. What you think of the way that we discuss the shows, the guests, uh, what we actually talk about. Do you like us doing, you know, these sort of season shows? You know, just give me feedback. Let us know. 
you can do that by emailing us at everything at 42cast.com. You can go to the website, 42cast.com, leave a comment. You can also comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash 42cast, or you can tweet to us at at 42cast. You can also leave reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. That's your way. You can also help to elevate the show by giving it a good review if you like it, and then that way maybe people will see it more often. It will come up in more searches and things of that nature. So that would be helpful. Uh, Want to make sure everyone's aware of the ESO Patreon. It's a way of helping every show on the ESO network by just contributing a little bit of uh, money. If you've got any available, gives you access to some exclusive episodes and there are some other rewards there. And you can check that out at... Um, patreon.com slash ESO network. I also want to make sure everyone's aware of the T the shirts on the T public site. There's a 42 cast shirt. There's actually two 42 cast shirts. If you go to tpublic.com, look at all the different shirts on the uh, under the ESO network. Um, you'll see uh, the 42 cast shirt with just the logo, and you'll also see a 42 cast shirt with the 42 cast coat of arms. So if you're interested in either of those, they've got a bunch of different styles and a bunch of different sizes that you can get those shirts in. So um, don't hesitate uh, to uh, look at that and uh, order one. You can also get things like sweaters hats uh, iphone cases notebooks all kinds of different swag with the 42 cast logo on it so i think it's definitely worth giving it a look and seeing if you would want any of that so again that's tpublic.com search for eso network um, or follow the links that i've got on the 42 cast page uh, 42 cast pace Facebook page, I should say. Um, and, uh, that should take you to there so that you can check that out. So definitely take a look at that. So that's it for this episode. Join us back next week when Paul Rudd will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You have been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2019 got a question for the ultimate answer contact us at everything at 42 cast.com theme music is sharper swords by Brandon Ellis check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com the 42 cast is a proud member of the ESO network. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>